Yes, massive show today. The first day of spring. How good is that? Thursday, September 1, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you're listening. And uh, we're all, all over the place today. Uh, and what a day of sport it is. The Sporting US Open Tennis with uh, Nick Kyrgios amongst many in action. The Aussies faring really well there at Flushing Meadows. A host of Premier League matches and a lot of the Premier League big guns in action as we speak this morning as well. And a huge night of footy in the AFL. You've got the first final, the elimination final between Brisbane and Richmond at the Gabba. And of course in the NRL. What a game at Combank Stadium. Top four spot up for grabs. Parramatta... And the Melbourne Storm, an avalanche of money for Tab with the Eels, who've been back from 235 into pronounced favourites at $1.65 they are. In fact, $1.62. They've just firmed again this morning. Melbourne out to $2.30. Uh, Laws, a very good morning to you from Walsh's Hotel there in Queanbeyan as part of the Kosciuszko Tour. Morning to you, mate. And how was the night last night? Oh, we had a tremendous night. Mid-out morning... Uh... Middle morning, pup morning, everybody. No, we had a sensational night here last night. I ran into an old mate, Ricky Stewart, was here. So we had a, probably a later night than I was expecting. But uh, Mick and Josh and the boys uh, here at Walsh's uh, looked after us. We've had a, a fantastic evening. Uh, looking forward to the footy tonight. Um, I think that money has come. Obviously, there's a lot of people that are on the Parramatta bandwagon. But a big blow for the Melbourne Storm, Jerome Hughes, ruled out of the clash. And I think with him not being there tonight, uh, I think that's a um, that's a that's a that's a big loss for them because he's very instrumental in the way that they attack and their attack hasn't been brilliant uh, the last few uh, last couple of games. Um, I know they rattled up a, a big score um, two weeks ago against the Broncos and everything sort of clicked for them. But last week I thought they were a little bit rusty and they'll put under pressure. And Cooper Johns is going to have a big job in front of him tonight. Uh, be interesting to see how Craig Bellamy uh, goes about it, whether he leaves Cam Munster back in the, the fullback position or moves him into 5-8 to try and help guide young Cooper Johns around. Uh, but it's an intriguing battle, and I reckon Parramatta supporters will be up and about this morning. They'll be very excited about their team's chances tonight. Certainly will be. And, Pup, morning to you, mate. The thing is now with Parramatta, this will be deemed as an epic failure if they don't win tonight, because uh, Ryan Pappenhausen as well, of course, out of the, uh, the Melbourne side, hasn't been there for a while, as we know. But uh, with Jerome Hughes going down, what an opportunity for the Eels to finish top four and give themselves the best chance possible of going yeah. in a premiership. Yeah, morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Yeah, massive opportunity for Para. And you don't wish anyone to be, to be out. You want to play your opposition at their best, especially in this game, to see where you're at. Um, but that top four position is so important. So, yeah, is not going to get a, a better leg up than what they just have, really. Um, they need to make the most of it. I think, you know, listening to the Parramatta players and their coach speak um, in the lead-up to this game over the last few days, I think they've made it very clear that their final series starts tonight. Um, so I think you're going to see Parra come out fired up and, and hopefully at their best tonight. How was Ricky Loz? I'm sure he's always relaxed in your company, but uh, naturally they've got a big weekend ahead of them. The Raiders heading to Leichhardt on Sunday afternoon. It could all be uh, you know, done and dusted for them. It should the Broncos not beat the Dragons, of course, on Saturday. But uh, how is Ricky feeling? Yeah, I think like most coaches, you're always nervous going into a contest. And, you know, they win. They're in the semifinals. 
Um, obviously, if the Broncos uh, lose on Saturday uh, against the Dragons, that will help their, their their cause because they, you know, probably don't need them to win on the on the Sunday. But he's not thinking like that. He wants to make sure they win and go into the finals with a bit of momentum behind them. Um, so I, I think he's confident in his team. But again, just knowing what can happen um, on that final day. Um, he was very pleased with the way they performed last weekend and he thinks if they can play like that, they'll be hard to beat. But, yeah, I think he's a little bit nervous about what they're going to confront on Sunday at Leichhardt Oval. You know, West Tigers are always a different side, playing at Leichhardt in the afternoon. Uh, they're farewelling Jimmy Tamo. Uh, a lot of blokes playing for their careers. So this will be a, a danger game. But if they prepare well, they should be able to get the job done. And Papa saw last night on Nine News, Chris O'Keefe, uh, the great Avon Sampson's plus one, uh, reporting that Leichhardt Oval will likely close to elite sport at the end of next year, unless, of course, there's a government upgrade. That would be such a great oh, shame for that venue. Yeah, it'd be devastating. I, I think you, you, know, you speak to any of the fans that have been there, um, we get block on today, but no one better can talk about Leichhardt Oval than, than Blocker. I, I think to walk out there and play in front of your home fans, it's... Very special. Um, for me, it was, it's like Pratt and Park, I guess, um, as a cricketer to be able to walk out there and, and, and play club cricket. That's your home. That's that's where you. Um, I grew up playing, and for you know, Bowmain Tigers and even the West Tigers, Leichhardt is is so important. So yeah, that that would be devastating, you know. Uh, now, just Rod from Nara on the text line, Mido, I stayed at the Quest at Nara on Tuesday. The Tab van was there. Was Stanley there? Well, Stanley's obviously with you there, Loz. He's uh, doing the trek south. Uh, he is, yep. We're all about the Kosciuszko, Mido, the world's richest country race for trained horses. Um, Two million bucks in prize money. The tickets are on sale at the moment, and Dave Stanley's been spruiking that for the last couple of weeks. Um I think we're all excited, and even here last night, talking to a lot of the locals, uh, it's a very big punting pub uh, as well. They all love their, their horse racing. They're all excited about the Kosciuszko. So Stanley was here. He was in fine form, um, and I'm sure he'll have a good show for us at 9 o'clock when he comes on air. I did tell him he could come with me nice and early this morning. I knocked on his door, but the big fella was snoring. <laughs> So I don't think he heard the knock on the door. Yeah, I reckon the whole suburb probably heard it uh, there at Queanbeyan. But also, Loz, I saw oh, you yeah, had... He, he was up and about, though. I have no doubt. I saw you had the great Josh Reynolds with you, and he's going to be joining us on the show for the full half hour after 6 o'clock. He's going to be joining you there at uh, Walsh's Hotel there in Queanbeyan. How is he? Yeah, looking forward to talking to Grubby. He's back from England. He settled in. Uh, we'll ask him about what's the latest with his footy career and what he's doing next season. Uh, but no, he was quite excited to be back here in Australia. And, you know, he's still got a lot to offer the NRL. Um, he's been a, a wonderful player for the Bulldogs and the West Tigers and obviously spent some time over there in the English Super League. And, you know, I think if his career had to finish the way it has, I, I think he'd be... You know, happy, but I reckon he wants to play. He wants to run around again, and what a way that would be for him to finish his career at the Bulldogs. I mean, when you think of Josh, you just think of him as a Bulldog, and I think he's still got a lot to offer. He certainly would be a, a guy that would be good for the culture of a football club. Um, you know, he'd understand the role that he's been brought in to, to play at the Bulldogs, um, and I think a lot of Bulldog supporters would be happy if Josh Reynolds was back playing for the for the Bulldogs next season. 
Pup game of cricket yesterday, if you'd call it that. Zimbabwe rolled for 96 after uh, Australia won the toss and elected to put them in. So 96 in 27.5 overs. Mitchell Stark, the destroyer, and ended up man of the match. Eight overs, one maiden, three for 24. But his opening spell, uh, he reduced Zimbabwe to three for 14. And that was pretty much it in response. Two for 100. The Aussies got there within 15 overs. Uh, we saw Steve Smith not out 47, Alex Carey not out 26, back to batting at three and four respectively, doing, I guess, what exactly what we're expecting them to do. There just always seems to be pressure on Aaron Finch, who got out for one yesterday. Um, yeah, again, question marks whether he'll get through to still be captain at the 50-over World Cup. I think it's in India, isn't it, in, uh, in 12 yeah, months' is. time? Yep. Yeah, there's some pressure on Finchie, um, Mido. He's, well, his performance has been very inconsistent over the last at least 12 months, to be honest. So, and again, no disrespect to Zimbabwe. That, that's exactly how Australia should play against them. They should be flogging them. They're a much better team. Um, and you'd like to think as a batsman in Finchie's position, this is where he does get some confidence, make some runs in the lead up to this 2020 World Cup. So, yeah, until he nails down a couple of big scores, I think he's going to be under the pump um, because of his performances over a you know a decent period of time now. But he's still good enough. He, he's still, I think, one of our best openers. Um, I'd like him to make some runs just for confidence going into this World Cup, the 2020 World Cup, which is just around the corner, starts in, in the middle of October. So hopefully for Australia's sake, he, you know, can, if he doesn't make any runs in this next game against Zimbabwe, I think we've got New Zealand in some one days, which will be a bit of a much bigger test than, than Zimbabwe. So hopefully he can score some there and be ready to go in that World Cup. But yeah, uh, not surprised by the result, not surprised by the dominance, uh, great win by the Aussies and hopefully they can um, yeah just really start to get some momentum and, and get ready for this New Zealand series. Just before we get to the headlines uh, pretty heavy question for you Clarkie on the text line early doors. Clarkie mm-hmm. if you were a captain of a World eleven playing five tests and five one days throughout different countries mm-hmm. the, the selectors said you could only pick either Tendulka or Lara. Who would you pick and why? Love the show says Graham. Ooh, uh, well, you would definitely be able to pick two <laughs> because those two are in any World Eleven, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I would Brian Lara was my favourite player, so I would probably pick Brian Lara based on that. But yeah, it, it Sachin Sachin was one of a kind. Uh, well, apart from Bradman, <laughs> uh, Sachin certainly the best batsman I probably played with or against. Um, but Brian Lara was my favourite player. So if I was captain, I'd probably go personal in this instance and go for one of my close friends in Brian Lara. But yeah, either way, I think those two and Sir Donald Bradman, those three are making any World Eleven of any generation, any era. No doubt. I'm picking Lara. Loz, are you Tendulkar or Lara? Oh... Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I, yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll go Tendulkar. And they're both great in all conditions. I think that's what that's what separates um, those two from, even when you look at the best players in the world now, let's say Coley or Steve Smith or uh, Joe Root. I, I think when you look at the way Lara and Tendulkar played against all countries all around the world, against fast bowling and spin... Man, they just didn't have a weakness. Mm. 
You know, Glenn McGrath was probably the only thing that that you know even got a chance to touch Brian Lara to get him out a few times. Yet he still made you know big hundreds, double hundreds against Australia, and against you know that Australian attack was unbelievable. Smash warning at stages. Tendulkar the same. Tendulkar all around the world against quicks and spin, just unbelievable. Two amazing players that happened to play in the, in the same generation. We're very lucky to to watch them and to play along uh, or against them for me. Goodness me. Liverpool have conceded the opening goal again. They're down 1-0 to Newcastle at Anfield just before half-time. In fact, it's half-time now. Tottenham lead at half-time, 1-0 at West Ham in that London derby. Man City 4-0 over Nottingham Forest. Goodness me. Cricket score looming there. 63 minutes gone. Arsenal lead Aston Villa. At the Emirates 1-0 and Bournemouth and Wolves is scoreless. Just over an hour gone in that fixture in the Premier League this morning. Phil Moss coming up later this morning. Back page of the Daily Telegraph. Ah, the book of feuds. Get off our turf is the headline there. Uh, Nick Politis, the Roosters chairman on the club podcast, uh, talking about the new Sydney football stadium, Allianz Stadium saying, we've been there since 1928, talking about the old sports ground, of course, before it became the Sydney Football Stadium. For another club to say they want to go there, it's not their home. The Roosters are the only people that belong there. It's our true home and it's very sacred. So there you go, Loz. Just uh, love seeing this. Build up the rivalry and uh, what an occasion it's going to be tomorrow night. Oh, there's no love lost between the two clubs and that rivalry is real and the fans buy into it and they despise one another and it'll be a magnificent game on, on Friday night. But I suppose he does make a good point, uh, Nick. It's been their home ground since 1928 and you know South have had Redfern Oval and then, of course, they moved there for a couple of years to the footy stadium, but then they've moved out west and they've been out there for ooh, probably 10 or so years now or... Or longer, but um, it's a it's a magnificent footy stadium, and with forty odd thousand people there on Friday night, it'll be a tremendous atmosphere. Both teams looking to play some good football in the lead up to finals. Both teams are capable of getting to a grand final. We know the artillery they have in their their outfits. Um, looking forward to the battle of the fullbacks on Friday night with Latrell Mitchell and James Tedesco, two different style of players, but two players who have an enormous impact on their way on the way that their team performs. So uh, that'll just add to a, a, another chapter in the feud and looking forward to it very, very much, as we are looking forward to tonight's game between Parramatta and the Melbourne Storm. And on tonight's game, Andrew Johns in his weekly column in the Sydney Morning Herald under the headline, If Eels Can Survive the Storm, They'll Play in decider. So Joey's just saying if they can win tonight, they'll make the grand final and play Penrith in the grand final. I guess this is uh, something that uh, you'd probably concur with, Loz. You've always said that uh, Parramatta, uh, they're very much a threat for the premiership this year. And uh, if they win tonight, then that is very, very credible, if it isn't already. I watch Parramatta and I reckon play, and I reckon I can tell within the first five to ten minutes what we're going to expect from them. And every time they start with their front rowers leading the way and carrying the ball strongly, for me that's a good indication that Parramatta are going to play well. I don't like when they go out with this plan of trying to you know, have a set piece and try and beat teams with, with skill from set plays. I just love it when they carry the ball forward, they're running to break the line, the offloads happen off the back of that and they play some unstructured football. Because they've got guys that can 
react to that? You know, your Dylan Browns, your your Mitch Moses, as Gutho is always pushing there in support. That's the style of footy that will worry Melbourne. It's the style of footy that will beat the best defensive systems. And I've said it for a long period of time. I don't think they're a side that can work to a, a part of the field and come up with two or set pieces, you know, set plays and try and outsmart the opposition with their skill. I think it's all about just playing and stretching the opposition off the back of offloads. And if they do that through strong carries, I reckon they can get the job done and play in the grand final this year. Also in Joey's column, young in cup frame. Obviously difficult to talk about uh, the World Cup squad for you, Loz. But Hudson Young, Joey, saying in this article, has to be a smoky for the squad. He's really, I guess, filled the void of that sort of X-factor player that, you know, John Bateman was there at the Raiders. He's had such a terrific year. I think another player's got to be Sean Lane's got to be in the consideration as a smoky as well. But, uh, geez, added a point of difference, hasn't he, to Canberra this year, Hudson Young? Well, he's a bit like Jeremiah Nenai. From the Cowboys, there's always something happening around him, whether it's a, a line break, whether he's scoring a try. Um, there's just, you know, he's aggressive in defence. So, yeah, he's someone that, that Mal has certainly got an eye on and a guy that's improved as the season has gone on. So we're quite lucky, Australia, that we have got plenty of back row options. And you mentioned Sean Lane. I, th- I think that he's someone that's really rocketed into calculations, not only off the back of his performance last weekend, but what he's done all season. He's been close to Parramatta's best. But again, it'll come down to final series and how they perform and how they step up in class and you know what impact they can have on finals games. So that's the big challenge now for Hudson and Sean Lane and these type of guys that are on the verge of playing representative football is to be able to do it consistently in the big games at the end of the year. Well, the fallout from the Cam Smith defection to live, uh, really in full swing. And on the back page of the Telegraph, Cam, you'll never be number one now. And this is Robert Allenby writing a column uh, in the paper today on the back page of the Australian. uh, The case for his defection, I guess. Time to live a little. No downside as Smith takes the money and runs. Will Swanton writing on the back page of the Australian. I'll tell you what's interesting, though, fellas. Uh, Pup, how about this? ESPN's reporting that the PGA Tour now wants to stage a global series of three events, which is likely to be with limited fields and have no cut as well with huge prize money. So already you're seeing, well, it's, it's amazing how the PGA has reacted to this. Well, say everyone, every current player say thank you to the Live Tour and Greg Norman because all of a sudden the PGA's found a few million dollars. And where's, it, where's, yeah. it, where's it been? And now they want to change, you know, their competition, or now they want to they want to add some different tours. Like, where's it been before the Live Tour? They were sleepy, Lukey, resting on their laurels. I know the players are already making great money. Don't get me wrong, but look at what's happened now. They decided to make some changes, find some dollars. It's too late. Mm. And for anyone having a go at Cam Smith, please look in the mirror. Don't sit there and tell me you wouldn't make the exact same decision if a hundred million US dollars, one hundred and forty million Australian dollars. If you just think about doubling your own wage, somebody offered you double what you're making. Mate, come on, yeah. stop having a crack at him and understand because 
99% of us would do exactly the same. And, and it, you've got to remember as well, as it stands, the PGA Tour doesn't run the majors. Uh, people saying, you know, he won't be number one now, which is Robert Allenby's writing today. That's very well and true. But if he can still play the majors, you know, what are we going to remember as Australians? Uh, how many majors you win? Or whether you're number oh, one or not. I think in golf, it's, it's, it's the majors and winning tournaments. Whatever, like, it, it's his decision. And, um, like, there's a million reasons why he said yes. <laughs> there you go. Like, you can sit here and say, yeah, he's family and set his life up. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Like, I just think, I just think we do it so bad here in this country. We all of a sudden change our entire opinion on this guy who... We've, we've been bragging about for the last five years. What a great guy. What a proud Aussie. Represents the country well all around the world. Now we've got beef. Mm. Mate, $140 million. Yeah, I think the way the PGA Tour has responded says it all, really. The fact they're finally going to, you know, take more events globally, according to these reports from ESPN. Um, yeah, just it just confirms what you were saying, Pup. They've just been sitting on their entitled... Mate backsides for for years on end. Um, It hadn't been challenged, mate. Now the Live Tour is challenging them. Now they're making change. Well, unfortunately, it might be a little late. And I'm with Loz here. I reckon they have to come together at some stage. So I think, you know, be very careful the people having a crack at Cam Smith. Before you know it, he'll be playing everything.